Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello, and welcome to the Roam Around League podcast. I'm your host, former NFL scout, Tyler Roman. Today's episode, we take a look at the upcoming free agents for the Washington team. Take a look at some guys they need to keep, and the guys they could let walk. The team could have some difficult decisions to make. Also, look ahead to the playoff games the upcoming weekend. It was an exciting weekend of playoff football last weekend, so hope there's another good set of games coming up this weekend. A lot to cover, so here we go. Okay, so looking at the Washington football team free agents... Obviously, Washington team is not going to be the moniker for too much longer, and I think a lot of fans are happy about that, myself included. Um, next time we I talk about this, it could be the Commanders, could be Admirals, could be whatever. But um, like the Red Wolves, but I think Commanders it looks like it's the trending right direction. I think I'm really excited for new uniforms and a new logo. I think if, as long as they get that right, that will hopefully keep a lot of fans in um, because I think that's a it's a big stepping stone for this team. They've had the same uniform, same look for you know 50, 60 years. It seems like so. <clears throat> They change up a little bit. At least that will, you know, help keep some fans engaged and um, usher in a new era of hopefully a lot, a lot of better football. Uh, but looking at the free agents, uh, you got to start with Brandon Sheriff. You know, back-to-back franchise tags. Apparently, Martin Mayhew said they offered him a contract that was the highest-paid, made him the highest-paid guard in the league. Um, I guess you, you take the man at his word, and that's the case. I think Sheriff is a very good player. You know, I think he's four or five-time Pro Bowler now, one-time All-Pro. He's definitely a great piece in this offensive line. If they let him walk, I don't think it's the end of the world. Uh, I think they have struggled in the games that he's missed. But guys have stepped up to, you know, to, to the most part. So he's a guy I, I wouldn't go more than 15, 16 million a year. He's getting a little older, 29, 30 years old. Um, you know, again, again, a guy that has a history of injuries. So he's someone that... You know, I think fans should not be upset if he's walk. I think fans should not be upset if he's retained, you know, at a, at a reasonable price. Like I said, 15 to 16 is probably the limit I go. Obviously, he's a hell of a run blocker, you know, good in pass situations as well. But, um, you know, his run game is more as Verte, and that seemed like what the team is trying anyways, and more of a running offense. So um, I'm going to say let him walk because they can use that cast space for something else. They have over $60 million in cash space. They have a lot of money to play with this offseason. That's important for a team that really needs to make some moves and um, you know, stay in contention, hopefully, in the NFC East for years to come. If Ryan Fitzpatrick, he obviously only had a one-year deal, played half a quarter for this team. I don't think they're going to look to bring him back. Obviously, they're looking for a much bigger first to fire in the quarterback market, whether it's the Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson of the world, and then or maybe even if a Derek Carr if he becomes available, or Jimmy Garoppolo, that kind of um, market for a trade. And then, obviously, a free agents like Marcus Mariota. Um, Mitchell Butrubisky, um, guys are you know looking for a second chance of starting. Uh, you have linebacker John Bosick. He's a guy that's been sporadic to say the least in his first couple of years with the team. Um, you know he's, he's solid, but obviously um, has his downfalls. Horrible in coverage, but you know good round run linebacker. Someone a good a good leader to have in that um, linebacker room to go along with Jamie Davis and Cole Mokum. Wouldn't be surprised they bring him back on a one year deal, but as of right now, I don't think he's going to be back. Yeah, wide receiver Cam Sims, a guy that I'm high on. I just still don't understand why they didn't play him more this year. Big body receiver. You know, he makes plays when he's in there. You know, his hands I thought were better this year, a little more consistent. He has big, strong hands. 
definitely can high point a ball. Because that was evident of uh, the inter excuse me, that huge touchdown against Trayvon Diggs in that first Cowboy matchup. Um, so he definitely is a guy that he can, and he makes some clutch plays. You go back to the Steelers game two years ago, or I guess he yeah, had two years ago, whatever you want to say, during that win streak where he had a one-handed catch, clutch catch, set up a game when he field goal. So um, Cam's a guy that I think they should look to keep around, you know, maybe in that $3 million range a year. Um, but again, if I was him, he might be looking for a bigger opportunity, you know, to, you know, make a more impact on the offense. So I don't know. I think it's more of a, you know, long shot that he returns. You have Cornelius Lucas, who's been a swing tackle for this team last year. has 15 starts over the last two years. He's been solid when he's in there. He's not great. He's not bad. Like I said, he's just average. He's solid. He's a good rotational tackle to have. I look to bring him back as well. He's another guy that has expressed, you know, um, a chance for, you know, more more playing time. So I don't know if that's going to happen here. Obviously, they locked in Cornelius Lucas, which I thought was a, uh, so I'm sorry, they locked in Charles Leno Jr., which I thought was a really good signing. Um, so I think uh, re-signing for him, and then obviously they have Sam Cosme in the right tackle, but Cosme has some injury issues this, this year, so maybe it's good to have a good backup like Cornelius Lucas in there. Maybe give him a little raise from this last contract, more to like, you know, $34 million a year instead of the two he was making. So I think Lucas is a guy that uh, this team should look to bring back. Then you have J.D. McKissick, um, and I think he's, he's my number one free agent this team needs to bring back. McKissick has been a stud when he's out there. He had 80 receptions last year. Um, I think he's second in the league in all in the NFL running back position for, for receptions over the last two years. He's a dynamic aspect of his offense that was sorely missed that last month of the season he missed. It just wasn't the same without him. I think he still is underutilized in the run game. I think he can handle five and ten carries a game and do it well. He, he's really good at seeing, uh, seeing the open hole cut. He has very good vision. One cut runner. A guy that could take some more carries out of uh, Antonio Gibson's legs. So, because he's a guy I think is my number one target for this, or number one um, player to retain for this team. I think he's vital to the success of this offense. Yeah, you have Daryl Roberts, cornerback, who played more the last couple weeks of the season. Good depth piece. Um, he's been in the league six, seven years now. Had had some success with the Jets and even the Lions. Um, another guy I wouldn't be surprised they try to bring back on a one-year deal, but won't make or break the team. Then you have Bob McCain. Um, he played a lot better those last six, five, six games of the year. He came on. I assume the team is interested in bringing him back. He's a guy I would like to come back as well. I mean, even just his rotational piece, playing and just the versatility. He can play both safe positions. He can play inside corner. He can play outside corner. Um, he's played all four of those positions throughout his career. Um, obviously, most of his career has been with Miami until this year. So, um, you know, I think he's another guy I think they should look to bring back. Maybe in a two-year, you know, six million dollar deal. Um, maybe go up to the four million per. But again, he's a guy that I, I, I think the team is interested in bringing X from all purposes. I've heard that. Um, so he's another guy to look for this team to re-sign, maybe even before the free agent period uh, opens up. Adam Humphreys, he was a guy that was really clutch on third downs for this team. He came here mainly to play with Fitzpatrick. They have a good relationship going back to Tampa Bay days. I don't know if they're going to look to bring him back. I think it's going to be a lot of question to be what they're going to do in the other outside position outside of Terry McLaurin. I'm a big Curtis Samuel guy. Obviously, he had a horrible, not even a horrible year on the field, just he couldn't get on the field. I think Curtis is better suited in the slot, kind of utility player like the way they do Debo Samuel in San Francisco. And he can run just as much as Debo does. He was running back in college. I like to you use Samuel as a chess piece. You can put him a little bit everywhere. So I think they should look to upgrade that outside receiver position, that number two uh, position outside of Terry. So maybe they bring in someone like that, and then Curtis can play more of that slot role for the team. And then they drafted Dax Mill in last year's seventh rounder. So I don't see Humphreys coming back next year. You got Tyler Larson, a center, who started a couple games this year before he went down with injury. Another depth piece, I, could, I would see him coming back, especially being a guy that Ron had in Carolina. Danny Johnson. He's had a solid four-year career for this Washington football team, especially as an undrafted free agent. Really good special teams player. He filled in the slot this year, I thought, pretty well. He's a guy I would look for them to retain. Again, maybe it was a one-year deal. Another good depth piece fighting for Ross Spark coming in the next year. You got Ricky Seals-Jones, guy that played really well for Logan those first five or six games before he got hurt. 
Um, I think he has a lot of talent. Uh, obviously, I think he could be a good number tight end two, number tight end two in this league. Uh, I think he's a good combo with Logan and even John Bates, but maybe they're confident enough in John Bates or even Samus Reyes that he's not someone they prioritize, but I, I do think there's interest in bringing him back. Yeah, David Mayo is a middle linebacker who played more those last couple weeks as well. Ron likes him going back to the Carolina days. I think he gets in play to come back, especially if Bosick does not. Um, you have guys like Jared Norris, um, Torrey McTire. McTire is a guy that made the uh, obviously the roster out of camp last year. He could come back as well. Uh, Norris, again, take or leave it. Obviously not too much of a contributor. DeAndre Carter, that's an interesting case too. I mean, he was a guy that was a depth signing last offseason that no one really thought too much of, myself included. I think he was more of a camp body. Proved me and a lot of the people wrong. He's a hell of a returner. He had a kick return touchdown this year. He was solid on punt returns at a couple months, um, but you know did, did the best he could, obviously. I, I liked him out there. Even when he's playing wide receiver, he was able to provide a little bit what this team was lacking um, with Curtis Samuel sidelined. Um, but he's a guy that I think should be that guy that can come back on a two, three-year deal, you know, maybe two to three million a year. Um, I think he's going to have some interest this offseason more than he had last offseason, just on some of the tape he put on this year. Um, you know, he has very good deep speed, good hands. Um, and again, another guy that, you know, this team could look to bring back for it, even if they just be a returner. Other guys you can go over, Cornell or Jasmo and uh, Jamil Douglas, you know, kind of bottom roster guys, not really going to harp on them too much. You got Kyle Allen, he's a restricted free agent. I totally expect the team to tender him. Um, they just need more pieces back there with Taylor and Kyle. And obviously, fully expecting to bring in someone else, whether it's a draft pick or free agent or tra- uh, someone they trade for. But again, I expect them to tender him a contract. Joey Sly, I think he's definitely in play. They did keep Brian Johnson on the roster all year. I think it's going to be a battle between him and Brian Johnson. Talking about Joey Sly, both former Virginia Tech Hokies, both local guys. I think both have you know strong legs. I like Joey Sly. He's been in this league for three or four years now. Uh, Brian Johnson, obviously, was only his, I think, his rookie, actually. Um, so those guys, I think, are going to fight it out in camp. I think Sly's definitely going to come back. So um, that'll be an interesting battle in camp. And I think either way, you got to assign him because he's a chance to be your starting kicker. Uh, then you have Troy Apke. I am not very high on Troy Apke, at least on defense. He's not a he wasn't a safety. He's not a cornerback. So he's a good special teams player. Not a great one, but he's a good one. Um, obviously, they fought to keep him last year. I mean, he made the roster over the likes of Jimmy Moreland. So I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to bring him back on a one year deal. Um, and then lastly, I think I'm going to talk about Tim Settle. You know, Tim Settle is a guy that been in this league now four years. Um, he slipped in the draft in the fifth round back in twenty, I guess, eighteen with Tech. To me, 2018, yes. Um, coming out of Tech. He's a guy that I really liked at Tech. Um, he was a guy that was a little overweight to, uh, back in Blacksburg and someone that didn't need to get as put in as film as he could have. That's why he slipped to the fifth round. He's a really talented player, though. I think he can be a starting even attack on this league. Um, I don't expect him to be retained in Washington because I think he can go somewhere and make 5 to $6 million a year um, and get a chance to be that starter or at least play a lot more than he did this year for Washington. Now, things change. If, if, if they trade Deron Payne or maybe even trade Adonis, I think they look to bring back Tim Settle because that's a guy that I think can start or at least play a lot more reps than he did this year. Um, he had five and a half sacks in 2020. Um, I didn't obviously have the same amount of reps this year, so that kind of hurt um, his ability to make an impact on the game. But, you know, he's always on, when he's on the field, even with 10, 11 plays, you can tell that he at least makes a player or two. So he's a guy that I like um, that eventually is going to be a starter down the road whether it's here or somewhere else. But Settle's a guy that, again, I don't expect him to be retained in Washington just because uh, I think he's looking for a bigger role, and I think it's something that he's deserved. Okay, looking at, at the playoff matchups from last week, yeah, the Ra- Raiders and Bengals is a really good game. Joe Burrow's showing that he's going to be, you know, one of the top five, top ten quarterbacks in this league for the foreseeable future. He's a guy that I love at LSU, obviously, all the moxie that he has, arm strength, just a joke cool about him, no pun intended, um, when pressure on the t- pressure is on him. Obviously, 
I'm a huge Jamar Chase fan. I think everyone in the podcast knows that. It's great to see him a great um, playoff debut as a rookie. 116 yards. He's unstoppable. I mean, back shoulder, um, good route runner, great after the catch. I mean, he literally could do it all. He's going to be a top three receiver in this league if he already isn't. Uh, isn't that already? Um, obviously, there was some discrepancy on the referees uh, for them, but I think the Bengals were the better team. They deserve that game, and they have a good matchup coming up with Tennessee next week. Um, Patriots and Buffalo. Obviously, Buffalo just flat out stomped Patriots from the beginning. You tell Buffalo had a chip on their shoulder, wanted to prove um, all the naysayers, especially after that first game against Buffalo. I was appreh- a, a little uh, abrasive about that game as well, just because the way Buffalo was dominated that first time against England in Buffalo in the same kind of conditions. But Buffalo stepped to the plate and. Uh, Really, like I said, dominating New England from start to finish. New England has a little ways to go. Mac Jones is obviously a, a good young quarterback, but still has a you know way to grow. They need some more weapons for him. They can't rely on the run game all the time, like on the Damian Harris or Andre Stevenson. Um, so look for them to upgrade their receiver core this year, um, this offseason coming up for uh, Mac Jones. But again, Buffalo took care of business and then moving on to the next round. Yeah, Philly and Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay dominated that game. Philly made that score closer than it needed to be, at the, I mean, closer than it appeared. Um, towards the end, uh, they played a good football game. Excuse me, Tampa Bay played a really good football game. Tom Brady does what Tom Brady does. Um, came out firing all, all cylinders, no matter who the receivers are out there, whether it's uh, Mike Evans and AB and Chris Goblin are all gone, but other guys stepped up. Rashad Perryman had a few catches, obviously, he has Gronk back there. Great tight ends in general with him and Cameron Bray, OJ Howard, um, and then Scotty Miller is going to get some more reps here. And so is uh, Grayson, who missed last year, but last week, but he had a good, you know, finish of the season, especially the Jens game. So I think Tom can make it work, especially if they get Fournette back. That's going to really help them as well in the running back, uh, as well as Ronald Jones. Uh, Gio Bernard is getting more carries as he comes back, and uh, definitely more plays in the passing game. And uh, even Keyshawn Vaughn did a really good job for them. He had a really nice one to start the game, and he was a talented guy at Vanderbilt going into a second year for Tampa, and they had to lean on him this year and um, he, this week, and he did a good job for them. San Francisco versus Dallas. Uh, being a Washington fan, I think everyone didn't shed any tears to see Dallas lose. San Francisco played a really good game, a game that I expected them to play. Um, they were going to try to play smash mouth football and punch Dallas in the mouth. That's what they did. I mean, they jumped out to an early lead. Um, they out physical Dallas, and that's the way you beat Dallas. They're they're a finesse team, and if you show some physicality, they usually fold, and that's the way it is, has been for years now. And San Francisco did that. Debo Samuel was a stud, like he usually is. Getting carries out of the backfield, he's just dynamic after the catch. He'll run you over. He's built like a running back, but obviously he plays like a receiver. Getting more carries as a running back. Elijah Mitchell being back was huge. San Francisco he looks more like his pre-injury form. A toad in the rock. Jimmy Garoppolo played pretty well. Had a couple of errant throws, but, you know, obviously didn't have to win. The defense did a really good job against Dallas. Limited CeeDee Lambda, only one catch. Um, it's going to be huge to see if Nick Bosa and uh, Fred Warner can play next week. That's a big, big, um, those are stars of the San Francisco defense. They need that to go in against Green Bay. Pittsburgh, Kansas City. Kansas City domina- that dominated that game like many expected, myself included. Pittsburgh, it's not, it was an okay team. They really didn't deserve to be in the playoffs, and Kansas City showed that pretty quickly. Um, actually, I'd say that Pittsburgh obviously held it close for a quarter and a half, but then Kansas City turned on, the, turned on that juice and um, showed everyone why they're still considered to be the Kings of the AFC. And um, obviously, when Mahomes and that crew get going, they're nearly unstoppable. And then lastly, on Monday night, you had the Arizona Cardinals and LA Rams. The Rams just flat out dominated the game from the beginning. Arizona was only able to muster 11 points. Kyler looked really bad. The team looked underprepared and outcoached, honestly. Kingsbury looked really, um, like I said, outmatched in his first playoff game going against Sean McVay. Um, the Rams, I think, are the better team, but I really expect the Cardinals have a better showing in that. Um, but the Rams, you know, they did what they thought was best, and that was pound the rock. Um, Stafford only had 16 passes, pass attempts. Uh, but they had Sony Michelle, Cam Akers is back, 17 carries. It's just unbelievable that guy was able to come back 
from a Achilles in five and a half, six months, whatever it was. And he looked great. I mean, he looks fully healthy and a guy that they're going to lean on. He's better, one of the best young running backs in this league, and he's going to prove that next year when he's fully healthy. But it's a great, great advantage for the Rams to have that back this week. Um, or literally for this playoff run. So let the record show. I picked all the playoff games correctly last week. So hopefully I'll keep that streak going in this week. Um, you got the first game, the Bengals versus Tennessee Titans. Uh, I really like that Bengals team. They're really fun to watch. I like a lot of guys in that for offense. Um, T Higgins, Jamar Chase, obviously Tyler Boyd. Joe Mixon is a great running back. Obviously Burrow's, you know, one of the bird, uh, up and coming stars, the quarterback position. But you're going to Nashville and a team that's going to have Derrick Henry back. I think it's gonna be a really good game. The Bengals somehow neutralized that run game, but Derrick Henry, or if Henry's a little rusty, I think Bengals have a chance to win that game. Um, if the Tennessee's able to control the clock and keep Joe and that offense off the field, then I think Tennessee's going to win it. Um, but again, I think it's going to all come down to Derrick Henry. If he's fully healthy, then I think Titans are going to win that game. Cincinnati's uh, defense is good. I, I do like Trey Hendrickson on the outside. Um, it's going to be a big loss losing Larry Ogunjobi for them in that middle of the defensive line, especially with you know going against a Derrick Henry type. Um, but we'll see. Right now, I don't feel that confident about it, but I'm going to go with Tennessee. I would not be surprised if Cincinnati pulled out the upset, though. You have the 49ers and Packers. Uh, the 49ers obviously had a great showing last week, but, you know, got to see what Nick Bosa and Fred Warner has going for him. They need Garoppolo to be a little more consistent to be a better team in Green Bay than they faced last week in Dallas. Uh, Aaron Rodgers had a week to rest that toe. Um, obviously, he's on a mission, I think, to win a championship in this last year in Green Bay, or his potential last year in Green Bay. Uh, so I'm going to go with Green Bay. That, that I just love the way they play. They're a team that's so versatile. Obviously, they can pass it with the best one with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and Marquez Vidal, Scantley, and Alan Lazard. But if they won't need to pound the rock, win the way, win that way, they can too. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon is probably the best one-two running back combination in the NFL this season. So I'm going with the Packers. You have the Rams, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, if Tampa Bay was at full strength, I definitely would uh, have no qualms about picking Tampa Bay. But obviously, the receiving core is um, decimated. And if they get Fournette back, that would be huge, though. Um, but again, I, I don't doubt Tom Brady. I think everyone shouldn't. I mean, the guy can do anything. He's proven it. The greatest quarterback of all time. The Rams obviously had a great win last week. But we've seen it all year, how inconsistent they've been. They look great one week and look horrible the next week. So I, I don't know if they're going to show up again. Uh, I definitely think they can. But just the way they've been all year, they've been pretty inconsistent. Obviously, a very talented team. They need to win as much capital they've given up. They really have no other option but to try to win some ball games because the draft picks are not going to be there. So I think that will be a very good game. But with Tampa Bay being at home and more than likely getting Fournette back, I'm going to give the slight edge to Tampa, but I think it's going to be a good game. And the Rams obviously do have a shot at win that. Also depends on what Stafford shows up. If it's going to be the guy that throws a few picks, then obviously there's no chance of them winning. Um, but obviously, if he plays good football um, like he's done you know, for most of the season this year, um, they definitely have a shot. But having said all that, I'm still going to go with Tampa. Then you have the last game of the weekend. They have the Buffalo Bills versus Kansas City Chiefs. I think everyone's excited for the game, myself included. I think that's going to be like almost like the real AFC, AFC, excuse me, AFC championship game. I think they're the best two teams in the AFC. Both stud young quarterbacks, um, good offenses. Obviously, the Bills, you got Stephon Diggs, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Busy, Gabriel Davis, Dawson Knox, who's had a breakout year at tight end. Devin Singletary's come on of late in Kansas City. Obviously, Tyreek, Travis Kelsey, Cole Hardman, Byron Pringle. Maybe they get Clyde Edwards or Hilaire back this week. But uh, Jaron McKinnon was a star last week. I'm sure they're going to lean on him regardless, even if Clyde Edwards or Hilaire is back. Um, so this is going to be a great game to come down a little bit of defense. Who plays defense first? Buffalo's had a better, Buffalo has a better defense. Um, they already beat Kansas City once this year. Obviously, this is a rematch of the ASU Championship a year ago. Um, and Mahomes is getting, obviously, on that you know pedestal level where I don't really want to doubt him either. I mean, he's the best quarterback in the league, obviously the most talented right now and until buffalo 
beats the king, I'm not going to tell them. I'm not going to pick them too. So until I see it, I'm not going to um, pick them. So I'm going to, uh, at least in the playoffs, like I said, Buffalo did beat them in the regular season, but this is a whole different animal coming, uh, going Arrowhead in January. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs. So right now I got Tennessee over Cincinnati, Green Bay over San Francisco, Tampa Bay over the Rams, and the Chiefs over Buffalo. Picking all home teams, that's the way it worked last week too, except San Francisco going over Dallas. Well, with that, that will include this Roman League episode. Washable team will have some decisions to make on their upcoming free, age, free agents. If you're a football fan, you have a great weekend of playoff matchups to look forward to for a second straight week. Next week, I'll be back with a new episode looking back at visual round games, along with some 2022 NFL draft talk. You can follow me on Twitter at NFLScout21 and Instagram at RomanLeague underscore pod. Thanks for listening. Please rate and subscribe. This is your host, Tyler Roman, signing off. See you next time.